to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis, and this is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the how, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire you in this adventure of a lifetime, and we want to celebrate everything you get to experience along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Today's show is titled, The Altar. So Apology publishes a worldview curriculum that was endorsed by the late Chuck Colson. It, there's four volumes in the series, the second of which is titled, Who Am I? This is part four of an eight-part series where we will look at the lessons from each of the eight chapters in that text. The Altar Please, Mr. Kransky, please don't make me tell my father. Your father must know, Mr. Kransky said firmly, but with understanding. Neither Sasha nor I can lie to him and tell him the bird is your carving, nor should you. But you don't know how angry he will be, Ivan pleaded. He won't let me work here anymore, and he'll punish me very harshly. If you would like me to, I will go home with you after school today, and you can tell him while I am there. I have something else I'd like to discuss with him anyway. Hoping that perhaps his punishment and his father's anger would be less severe if Mr. Kerensky was with him, Ivan readily agreed to the old woodcarver's offer. Can you meet me by the post office after school? Mr. Kerensky asked. Yes, sir, and thank you for coming with me and for not being angry about what I did. Anger does not help the heart, Mr. Kerensky said. I shall see you at 3.30. Now hurry along or you'll be late for school. In spite of Mr. Kerensky's offer to go with him, Ivan deeply feared what his father would do and say. He wasn't at all certain that he wanted Mr. Kerensky to witness it either. I'm home, father, Ivan announced in a small voice as he opened the door, and Mr. Kerensky is here to visit with you. Why, do come in. Mr. Yashenko seemed pleased to receive a visit from Mr. Kerensky. He stood and shook the woodcarver's rough hand. What brings you to our home? Ivan has something he needs to share with you, Mr. Kerensky replied. And since it relates to something that happened in my shop, I thought I should be here with him. What is it, boy? Mr. Yashenko snapped, his pleasantness abruptly draining away as he stepped toward his son. Have you damaged one of Mr. Kerensky's carving tools? Speak up. Ivan could not even look at his father. After a long silence, Mr. Kerensky spoke. Ivan, share with your father what happened. Just tell him, or if you wish, I will tell him. After another long silence, Ivan looked up at his father and said in a trembling voice, The carved bird that I showed you last night? I, uh, I... You what? Mr. Yashenko demanded. I didn't really carve it, Ivan blurted. It was Sasha's. I took it from the shop after my lesson. I wanted you to think I made it. Why, you're a thief and a liar, too, his father shouted. I have a mind to... Please, Mr. Yashenko, wait a moment, Mr. Kerensky said as he stepped between Ivan and his father. I think we all need to sit down. I have a few things to share that may be helpful to both of you. First of all, Ivan knows that what he did was wrong. We've already had a long discussion about that in my shop this morning. 
I'm quite sure Ivan is sorry for what he did, and that it won't happen again. More importantly, I think Ivan sees that some things in his heart need to change. His mother and I have always taught Ivan that stealing and lying are wrong, Mr. Yashenko said, his anger cooling. I can't believe he'd do something like this. I've seen more good things than bad happening in the boy's life since he began working in my shop, Mr. Kerensky assured him. I would like you to allow Ivan to continue working for me this summer. Ivan's father looked at Ivan and asked, Do you want to continue at the shop? Do you think you can stay out of trouble? Seems to me that you're always in some kind of trouble. Ivan looked back at the floor and said quietly, I do want to continue, father. All right, his father answered gruffly. But if you cause any trouble again for me or Mr. Kerensky or anyone at school, you'll answer to me. And I won't come to your rescue like Mr. Kerensky has this afternoon. Do you understand? Yes, father. As Mr. Kerensky saw and heard for himself the anger and ill will Mr. Yashenko directed toward his son, he made up his mind that he needed to spend as much time with Ivan as possible in the months ahead. Mr. Yashenko, I have one more idea I would like you to consider, and you too, Ivan, Mr. Kerensky said with enthusiasm. And what's that? Ivan's father asked. A new church is being built in the village of Bovitsa, up near the mountains. It's about six hours from here by wagon. I've been asked to build the altar and the communion table. I think I could use Ivan's help for a couple of months this summer, if you would agree to it. I'm also going to ask Mr. Petrov if Sasha can join me. There's a small parsonage near the church where we can stay, and if the boys were to get homesick, I think we could arrange a visit or two to Dimitrov over the summer. Ivan's face lit up. May I, father? Oh, please, may I? I'll work hard, very hard, and I've never been to the mountains. Please, father. Mr. Yashenko seemed surprised by the extraordinary offer, but after further discussion, agreed that the work and the experience would be good for Ivan. In doing so, he tried to mask his feelings of relief that Ivan would be gone for two months and that the money he would earn would benefit the family. When the school year ended in early June, Mr. Kerensky, Ivan, and Sasha loaded a wagon with supplies, said their goodbyes, and departed for Bovitsa. They arrived at the outskirts of the small village late that afternoon. Mr. Kerensky stopped the wagon, and the three travelers could see the steeple of the nearly completed church building rising over the village. In the distance, beyond the town, were the beautiful Ural Mountains, whose highest peaks were still dressed with winter snow. "'May we work for your glory, Father,' Mr. Kerensky prayed quietly as he drove the wagon into town. "'And may Ivan and Sasha be blessed by their work here this summer.' Mr. Kerensky guided the horses into the churchyard, and the boys climbed down from the wagon to stretch their stiff muscles. As they breathed in the cool mountain air, a man walked out of the church and greeted them. Welcome, my friends, he said. I am Father Yuri. I was checking the day's progress, and you're just in time. I think we're ready for you to begin your part of the work. But excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. You must be very tired from your journey. Let me help you unload your supplies. My house is just behind the church. And my wife has prepared dinner for you. You do like Palmeni, I hope. 
Ivan and Sasha looked at each other with hungry smiles. Palmeni! They both exclaimed. We love Palmeni. After introductions, a delicious meal, and a discussion about the details of the work they would be doing, Mr. Kerensky sent the boys off to bed. They're good boys, he said to Father Yuri. Sasha has had some difficulty learning to cope with his disability, but just last year, I think he came to understand a bit more about who he is as one of God's children. He's a good Christian boy from a good family, and I think this summer he'll grow even more in his relationship with God. And what about Ivan? the priest asked. He seems like a strong, healthy boy. Oh, he's strong and healthy, Mr. Kerensky agreed. But he struggles with a difficult relationship with his father, who seems unable to show him much love. In fact, Ivan doesn't have many friends other than Sasha. I'm hoping that this summer God will heal his heart and he will come to know Jesus as his Savior. We'll certainly be praying for both boys, Father Yuri's wife Julia promised. The first week of work passed quickly. While Mr. Kerensky carefully carved pieces for the altar, Ivan and Sasha helped other workers paint the walls and install the doors and windows. One Friday evening after supper, as Mr. Kerensky sat on the front porch of Father Yuri's house, carving a small piece of wood, he asked Ivan and Sasha, Would you boys like to do a little fishing tomorrow? I think some relaxation and fun might be good for the three of us. There's a beautiful river just up the valley. Without hesitating, Ivan and Sasha agreed. Then off to bed, both of you, and don't forget to say your prayers. The hike to the river the next morning was more challenging than the old woodcarver had anticipated. He paused often to catch his breath. I guess I'm not as young as I thought I was, he laughed. And you, Sasha, how are you doing? Are we going too fast? I'm okay, Sasha assured him. In spite of his limp, he had managed to keep pace with Ivan and Mr. Kerensky. Mr. Kerensky slowed his pace for all their sakes. Before too long, they reached the banks of the river. They drank in the sight of the crystal clear water twinkling in the summer sunshine and felt refreshed. While Ivan watched, Mr. Kerensky and Sasha quickly baited their fishing lines and cast them into the river. I've never been fishing before, Ivan admitted, after watching them for several minutes. Is that right? Mr. Kerensky asked without showing his surprise. My father never took me or showed me how, Ivan said with a tinge of bitterness. He's never showed me how to do anything. I understand, Mr. Kerensky handed Ivan his pole, keeping his eyes on the fishing line. No, you don't understand, Ivan said. Nobody does. Then he caught himself and apologized. I'm sorry for saying that, Mr. Kerensky, but I don't think anyone knows what it's like to be me. Sasha could not help overhearing, but realized this was not his conversation. He moved a little farther down the river and cast his line in another spot. Ivan, I do understand, Mr. Kerensky said, more than you know. But how could you? I'm the school bully. Everyone is frightened of me, but I can't seem to help myself. I feel terrible about the things I've done to the other kids. I'm angry and lonely and scared all at the same time. How can you know what that feels like? And I'll bet you never had a father like mine. I never had a father at all, the woodcarver said. Oh, I had a father, like all children do, but I never knew him. In fact, I never knew my mother either. Why not? Ivan asked, 
suddenly more interested in Mr. Kerensky than himself. The old woodcarver glanced at Ivan and said, For reasons I was never told, I was taken to an orphanage outside Moscow shortly after I was born. I spent my entire childhood there, and when I was old enough to leave, well, I just left and began living on my own. Is that when you became a woodcarver? Oh, no, my boy. Mr. Kerensky took a deep breath and sat down on a large tree stump near the water's edge. You see, Ivan, when I was a boy, I was much like you are now. I didn't have many friends. I was angry most of the time, and yes, I was known as the school bully. In fact, I was the village bully. Not you, Mr. Kerensky, Ivan protested with a puzzled look. Why, I think you're the kindest person I've ever known. Well, I appreciate the compliment, Ivan, but it's only by God's wonderful love and mercy that I'm the person I am today. You see, I spent several years of my life in prison. Oh, that was many years ago. But in some ways, it seems like only yesterday. Ivan didn't know what to say. Instead of looking at Mr. Kerensky, he just stared at the rapidly flowing river. Finally, he asked timidly, But why did you have to go to prison? That's not really important, Mr. Kerensky said sadly. I was guilty of a crime, and prison was what I deserved. But what I didn't deserve was for God to reach down and mend my broken life. Ivan's mind raced with questions. It didn't seem possible that the man he admired more than his own father could ever have been in prison. So when did you learn to carve wood? When did you get out of prison? How did God change you? Whoa, Mr. Kerensky laughed, grateful for the chance to lighten the mood. One question at a time. I learned to carve wood while I was in prison. Carving gave me something to do and helped me stay out of trouble. I was released from prison almost 30 years ago. That's when I moved to Dimitrov. I had a friend there who helped me to open a wood shop. Soon after, I met Father Yakov. Is that when God changed you? Not immediately. My heart was still quite hard and rough, a little like that block of wood you're still carving back in the shop. But Father Yakov was kind to me, not like some other people who still thought of me as a criminal. One day he asked if I'd be willing to build the altar for the new church in Dimitrov. Did you do it? Ivan asked with increasing interest. I did, replied the old woodcarver. But only because I needed the work, not because I was interested in the church. But during those weeks I was working on the altar, I met many fine people who called themselves Christians. And most importantly, I met God. On the day we dedicated the new church building, I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. That was the day I became a new person. And is that when you became a nicer person, like you are today? Oh my, young man, you do have questions, don't you? Mr. Kerensky laughed. I wouldn't say I'm such a nice person, Ivan, but I can say I'm a new person, a new creation. On that day, God began to shape my new heart, and He's been working on it ever since. He sanded off many of the rough parts of my life, but He's not finished yet. He's the master craftsman, you know. You see, I can't do it myself. I cannot make my heart new, but He can, and He is, day by day. Ivan didn't ask any more questions that day, but the story Mr. Kerensky shared with him by the river was never far from his thoughts. 
Summer and Bavitsa passed quickly. Ivan and Sasha kept busy helping the other workers, while Mr. Kerensky carefully designed and carved the panels for the communion table. What are you carving now? Ivan asked, not recognizing the scene Mr. Kerensky was creating on a panel of wood. Why, it's the Last Supper, Sasha said. Don't you know about the Last Supper? Not really, Ivan admitted. We don't go to church except for Christmas. Mr. Kerensky paused in his work and told Ivan the story. Well, on the night before Jesus was crucified on the cross, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples in Jerusalem. The Jews celebrated the Passover as a reminder of the night God set their ancestors free from slavery in Egypt many, many years earlier. On that night, God told the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and put some of its blood on the door frames of their houses. He was going to send an angel to punish the wicked Egyptians by killing the firstborn child in every family. But when the angel saw the blood on the door frames of the Israelites' houses, he knew to pass over them. In this way, not one of the firstborn Israelite children was killed. That very night, the king of Egypt freed the Israelites from slavery. Mr. Kerensky made a few more cuts on his carving as Ivan and Sasha looked on. Ivan, Jesus is our Passover lamb. He gave his life for us. He shed his blood and died for us. Do you know why? I'm not really sure. He died for us to set us free from our sins, just like the Israelites were set free from their slavery to the Egyptians. When we believe that Jesus is God's Son and our Savior, we become His children. The old woodcarver blew some of the sawdust away from his carving. Well, I think that just about does it. What do you boys think? It's beautiful, Sasha said quietly. Yes, it's beautiful, Ivan said. But aren't you going to keep sanding it until it's smooth? It still looks a little rough. No, I think it's finished. I'm not going to make it any smoother. Why not? Ivan asked. I wanted to remind people that the work God begins in our hearts will never be finished until the day Jesus returns to earth and takes us to heaven, Mr. Kerensky explained. We're all like rough blocks of wood, still being shaped by the Master, being made into something beautiful. Ivan smiled, putting together the pieces of all Mr. Kerensky had shared with him since the day in the woodshop when he was caught with Sasha's carving. Now, boys... Help me mount this carving to the front of the communion table. I think everything else at the altar is finished and ready for Sunday, Mr. Kerensky said with a smile of satisfaction. It seemed as if everyone in Bovitsa was crowded into the new church building that Sunday. Father Yuri dedicated the building to the service of God and for his glory. Then he thanked all who had helped with the construction of the new building. I want to especially thank our three visitors from Dimitrov, who are responsible for this beautiful altar and communion table, Father Yuri announced. Mr. Kerensky, Ivan, and Sasha, please stand so we may all thank you. Hesitantly, Mr. Kerensky stood between the two boys with his head slightly bowed, not wanting any special attention or thanks. Then as Ivan and Sasha stood with him, he reached for their hands and held them in his. With humility, the woodcarver thanked the congregation for inviting them to help build the new church. Then he looked at Ivan and Sasha and simply said, 
Thank you, boys, for your help. Thank you very much. Ivan looked at Mr. Kerensky's rough, leathery hands. Then he looked at the carving of the Last Supper. Through the old woodcarver's hands, he had seen love expressed not only toward him, but also toward God. In the carving, he saw an expression of an even greater love, the love God had for Mr. Kerensky, for Sasha, and yes, even for him, Ivan Yashenko. After everyone had left the church, the woodcarver and his two young helpers stood quietly in front of the altar. It seemed a special, even sacred moment for the three of them. Finally, Ivan spoke. On our fishing trip, you told me about the Sunday you asked Jesus to be your Savior. You know, when the people in Dimitrov dedicated their new church building with the altar you built. I'll never forget that day, Ivan, Mr. Krensky answered quietly. Well, I was wondering, Ivan said, do you think I could ask Jesus to be my Savior right now, right here at the altar, in this new church? Mr. Kerensky smiled through the tears that began to fill his eyes. He put his arm around Ivan and asked, Do you really want a new heart, Ivan? Do you really want God to carve and sand and shape your heart to become like His? I do, Mr. Kerensky. I know I do, Ivan said without hesitation. Well, I can think of no better place or time than here and now, at this new altar in this new church. Then, just as the woodcarver had knelt at a new altar thirty years before, Ivan knelt and prayed, and asked Jesus to be his Savior. And he, too, became a new person. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, and we are your hosts, Davis and Rachel, who's not with me today. We want to thank our sponsor, Apology Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. As a homeschooling parent, you probably need a system to plan your lessons. Apologia designed the ultimate homeschool planner just for you. It comes in four beautiful colors and designs so you can pick one that matches your style. It has space to accommodate plans for up to six children, plus there are pages for you to journal those moments of grace when God turns an ordinary moment into something extraordinary. What we like to call the Deuteronomy 6 moment. These notebooks are literal keepsakes for your homeschooling journey. You can learn more about the Ultimate Homeschool Planner by going to Apologia.com and searching for planners. Have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.